There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. This is a chemical, chemical, disgusting, 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 And it starts right now. Oh, the first time with almost total silence after the intro. It starts you know, right now. It starts right now. But guys, I don't know if I can joke right off the bat because, oh. I am gutted, as they say on it, on the internet. I am broken. Robert Durst. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck what? 2022, what? right in the year. <laughs> Robert Durst. We lost a good one, guys. I don't know I how don't... we're even doing this today. Really? What? Yeah, he died a couple of days ago. <laughs> Sorry. In jail. Yeah, you missed all the tributes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see all the uh, all the oh online tributes. God. Has wow. anyone <laughs> ever looked worse walking with a backpack? Anytime uh, you see an elderly person with a backpack, something's gone really uh, wrong. Like uh, it's like either they're a student who's way too old to be in college who's like, I'm gonna go back and get my degree. And it's like, why? Like no one's needs you to do anything other than like just exist kind of by yourself and then die off. Like there's nothing you you can't don't feel you yeah, need to contribute. But, and also, what what are you carrying? Well, You're clearly old. clearly for him it was like a, a mobile one man fugitive unit. Right. I'm sure he had like glasses and a fake beard and you know uh, hip it's clothes like to make him, him seem you go, young. How are you able to kill anyone? Like you could just like hit him with a pencil and he'd Looks like he'd fall over. <laughs> I know. Well, I think that I think the lesson there is that if you sneak up behind anyone, you can probably kill them. Because yeah. <laughs> if Robert Durst can do it many times, then uh, you know, I guess you just got to sneak up behind somebody. Yeah. Uh, that's it, good advice went, for our listeners. I mean, if he, if, if I don't know if people have seen that documentary or not. Oh, just, everyone, the Jinx, yeah, the Jinx, the, the fantastic end. It's so good. Going go. in the bathroom like, and going, oh, and those burps. Oh, he's betrayed by his own burps. Uh, well, I've never felt more of a simpatico with a serial oh, killer yeah. than when he was burping like that. I was like, oh, that's, I get it. Yeah, you're, anyone a big, else... you're a big burper. What are you hiding? And does does anyone else do that? Like when you're calling someone and, you know, you're holding your phone and you see it's ringing to them, like all of a sudden I have to let out like four burps. I'm like, oh, hello. Hey, how are you? You know, it's like there was a 10 year stretch beginning when my dad died, when I was like just kind of freaking out. And I felt like I had to burp for 10 years. Wow. Oh, my God. And it's kind of gone That's, away. Wow. Good. Anxiety. Well, everything's. everything's yeah, it was up. just anxiety. Yeah. And 
just grepsing. You know. you know, that's that's the Yiddish term for it. Grepsing. Oh. I remember my relatives saying that. Why are you grepsing? I'm like, because of all the food we eat constantly. <laughs> Why am I is... grepsing? Why is anyone grepsing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> What does it help oh. to know why? I'm grepsing. Oh. That's, that's it. <laughs> oh, Crystal Grepsy. We got to love it. Um, yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. I meant to oh, hit that's, this. Oh, <laughs> I can't even get a clean first joke first of the day. First joke of the Jason. day. First joke of the day. <laughs> no, it's, it's all ruined now. Mornings. Take it off the board. Asterisk. <laughs> Asterisk. Um, yeah, so... Um, I wanted to just talk briefly up top. Goldie, you and I are are, are dog owners. We and small dog yes. owners. Uh, your dog is a. I don't view it as an ownership situation. I view oh. us as friends who cohabit. But I know you need that whole like master thing in your life. But go ahead. We do. Yeah, I do. I own them. I'm in I charge. Own these dogs. Okay, boss. I'm in charge. I'm not in charge of anything. That's why I need to feel in charge of three dying dogs. But uh, Lloyd is adorable, and Thank and our you. dogs are are very cute. They're really yeah. small. They're, They're very old, very old. So we have, just to break it down, there are three small dogs. One, 100% blind and deaf. Uh, another one, 95% blind, totally deaf. The other one, 80% blind, 80% deaf. So they're, but they they're all old. sure play a mean pinball. <laughs> that deaf dumb and blind dog (laughs) i mean Um, you should try and just see i know i I get at this point i'll try anything with them so and of course uh we have a six-year-old daughter levy and levy as most young kids do she has a ton of toys and leaves them lying around all the time. So kids do that. It's annoying. You step on them. You trip on them. You yell at your kid, like, pick your toys up. But they don't. Uh, so over the last two days, our completely blind and completely deaf Pekingese, Muggsy, Muggsy. Uh, has shat out oh. a rubber worm oh, no. and... A tiny floppy uh, hey hey from Moana, <laughs> the, the chicken hey hey. So this this morning Poor was dog. hey hey. I know it's like, and you see it, and, and like the, the toys are like the the rubber worm is like the length of our dog, and like I'm wondering how did she get it down, and it it's not broken tough. up, yeah. and it's just lightly coated in dog shit. <laughs> and so the, the last couple of days we've had to have a couple stern talks with Levy, like, please, you see what happens? You see hay hay covered hey, in hey. shit. Did you wash it off or you threw it? No, it it gone. It gone. (laughs) It gone. (laughs) Just talking about these toys, you know, we buy our kids and and maybe you're going through the same thing I'm going through, which is like after Christmas, it was a bonanza. So you you buy, you know, especially during COVID, it's it's like their lives have been so bad that I'm trying to make up for a year of horribleness and and screaming with like one great day. So I buy them a lot of stuff. And then, (laughs) you know, 50% of it just breaks within a week and (laughs) becomes detritus and gets shit out by a dog, whatever the case may be. But one of the things I bought them, I found on Amazon this karaoke microphone that's Bluetooth and has a speaker in it. And it was really well put together. It was shockingly cheap. It was like $15. And so... I bought it and the kids, it's the one thing they've gravitated toward and it it has become incredibly annoying because, you know, they go to a public school, music education's been cut and they can't sing at all. They're terrible, but they want to do it more than anything. So the part of the brain that wants to sing 
is fully developed. The part of the brain that can sing is just atrophy. <laughs> so they're up at 6 a.m. Oh. with this thing that's just built like a tank, shrilly screaming like Dua Lipa and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this thing to break. Like I can't because everything else is broken. But now I'm convinced that this is part of a Chinese government plot <laughs> to drive Americans insane. Like they're like, if we just put these incredible unbreakable karaoke microphones into the homes of everyone with kids we can drive the entire country nuts within a year and then we can just take everything over oh it's just just your kids singing shake it off at 5 45 in the morning but they, i mean when you, what you picture in your mind is shake it off and the version that my kids produce right. they're so disparate it, oh. it's it's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, that's hilarious. And so it's built like a tank, somehow yes, and indestructible. They, and they fight over it. I should have. I should have bought two. Of course, you right. know, yeah. I don't because it's like, why do we need two of these? But like, you know, it's like she sang one song, and I, and then you you're 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 like an NFL referee who just <laughs> like missed the play, and the camera missed the play, and you're but you can't admit you don't know what's going on at all. So you're like, let let. You know, like you're diving into this labyrinthine situation of grievances that that makes total sense to them. But to any, it's like she sang a half song, but then it was my turn to do the chorus. And then she was singing while, and it's like, whoa. Oh, God. Just, I love how you use detritus, which I don't know. I say detritus, yeah. but detritus no, and labyrinth, labyrinthine. Labyrinthine. Ooh, that is a great word. Isn't it lab- labyrinthine? Labyrinthine? There were I don't know. Many years <laughs> where I was accumulating vocabulary from reading and talking to no one, so I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> anything. It's yes. so funny. My my, I'm. You make me comfortable because my dad also mispronounces almost everything. You well, know, yeah. he, a Saburu was the car that he owned forever. <laughs> a Saburu, and I, I had no idea how it became a Saburu, but he said, "I got one of those uh, Saburus." Okay. <laughs> Maybe he didn't talk to anyone for a number of years. I'm not yeah, sure. I think it's the mark of someone who just is too isolated. And it's always they... good comedy, though. Or like yeah. British. I feel like they'd say detritus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, and uh, yeah, Goldie's an Anglophile. But my plan yeah. is, like, I want to go to Hawaii and yeah. commit some kind of crime. Like, oh. I'll rob a ukulele <laughs> shop. Like, nonviolent crime. I just want to yeah. be thrown into a low security Hawaiian prison. <laughs> With just the right. sea breezes blowing in through the bars in the, the window. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a par three. Yeah. <laughs> it's nonviolent. You can, you can hear a luau in the distance floating my in. My family on has to leave to go back to the mainland, and I'm convicted. I, I can't. I can't I go stay. back with you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm here in the Who's Gal eating pineapple pizza night after night. Yeah. Uh, that's a good plan. So yeah. we we brought up at the beginning of the show um, sarcastically that that Robert Durst had passed and how sad we were. Of I course, we're not. Sad. He gone. He gone. Yeah, that's if ever we're going to use he gone. That's for for I'm Robert Durst. So fare thee well. And by the way, if you've watched that Jinx documentary, yeah. it seems to me the more evil Durst is still alive. The brother Fred came oh. across somehow worse <laughs> than the the mur- mass murderer. Like when they interviewed the brother, it yeah. was like, oh my god, I am terrified of and that. Guy. Limp Biscuit, who's like, the worst Durst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fred, 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 Fred Durst. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, wrong, said Fred. 
I know nothing about Limp Bizkit other than the name Fred Durst and the name of the band. I don't. It is weird how we were kind of youngish when he became big, and I didn't care and thought it was weird. Same, same. Do they sing that song? Do they sing that song? uh, I'm sleeping with my clothes on. Is that no? That's that's a way too good song for them. Okay, that's what I thought because I kind of like that song. Yeah, no, that has harmonies and stuff. I mean, he's just pure like kind of metallic dissonant rap like rap yeah yeah but like oh, not that. rap I like kid, rap. like worse than kid imagine a bad kid rock <laughs> oh wow imagine. that's I don't ooh, know that's good. a terrifying image um anyway so we went on a durst uh run there but yes. but it, it, truly there was a sad passing uh this week where the comedy world lost uh, yeah. Bob Saget, and by all accounts, oh, sadly he got, he would have loved that. Yeah. Oh boy! But obviously Bob Saget, and and we've talked about this. I feel like on the podcast before, but America's Funniest Home Videos was the shit when it came out. It like, still it was is. Must it yeah. was yeah it was. It, but back then, especially, it was appointment television. It was must see TV before that existed. And I think Goldie, you made this point. It was basically YouTube. Before Imagine that YouTube was on once a week for an hour, <laughs> yes. and that was the only way. Before that, we had no way of seeing a funny video. There was never. There was, yeah. you, I never saw a funny video until I was 14 or however old I was when that yeah, came out. Right. I hadn't seen a funny video. I'd yeah. never seen anyone get hit in the balls with a rake. Yeah. <laughs> or a dog, you know, jump onto a table full of plates and then, yeah. you know, ruin the buffet and scatter yeah. away or someone fall off a ladder and remain unhurt. Never. That, Never. Maybe like some three stooges. Yes. Right. Stooges was the only when you said rake in the nuts, I thought stooges. But yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't get any of that. So Saget and that show introduced yeah. us to all that. And, and he th- was great on it. Yes, he like, was be- perfect. He for towed that. the line because listen, I I I could deep dive. I could write a thesis about this. Uh-huh. Amazing. Saget right. set the tone because the videos, some of which go a little too far in how painful they are, yes. and you, you need a, the, a gentle hand to he was to that sell hand. that this is okay, right? Yes, that that you're not a sadist for watching this. Right. right. Well, yeah. You're well, a decent was, person. Yeah. Bergeron, Tom Bergeron, who oh. came after, did not, <laughs> did not preserve the line. He crossed the line into sadism. It didn't work. It was evil, and it felt bad. Okay. Bergeron enjoys pain. He referred to the people as dummies and idiots. Oh. They were not trying to fall okay they didn't want their inflatable pool to blow over their head and then to be blinded and for them to like stumble into an open pit they don't want that they're not dummies they're americans like you and i and we cannot treat them like idiots and enjoy their pain and then alfonso ribiero comes oh. a return to the golden era yes. a song and dance man a song and dance man what this is yes yes america yes. america this, this is, is you. you. It's you. And you is me. And me is you. And we're all in it together. Not America. This is you, not me. So fuck you. It's America. America. This is you. you. Saget got it. Ribeiro gets it. But Saget started it. Please continue. Because I did you know Bob Saget? Or? 
Ribeiro. I love that. You mispronounced something else, too. Ribeiro. Uh, there you go. Sabaru. Sabaru. Go to Subaru to get a sandwich in my Sabaru. <laughs> I'm totally confused. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> and, and I had met Bob Saget a couple of times through Sarah Silverman. Okay. And he was a very nice guy. And, and you know, everybody has a similar kind of story about him, which is a good story of like, what a nice guy. You know, his stand-up was much dirtier than the guy we knew on Full House and uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, which, I mean, it couldn't be less dirty than that. (laughs) But he was just a very sweet, he seemed like a Jewish relative, you know what I'm saying? He was like a, a Jewish uncle who you would see at family events and he would make you laugh. But anyway, he... He died, and Goldie. I know you had some thoughts on the uh, the circumstances well, yeah, before, surrounding before we his get death. To, before we get to the, the thoughts about his death, I, yeah. I did meet him as well, and just wanted to talk briefly about it. And, sure. and you saying that he seemed like a family member. Uh, after Craig Kilborn left the Late Late Show, the host position was open, and they brought in a bunch of people to guest host. And I was still right. there as a writer, and so you know people would blow through, and in general they would kind of disregard the staff writers because they were only coming in for a night. But he, I, I think he hosted maybe a couple nights, but he really sat with us and I, I just got to know him a little bit. Not right. anything great, but you just got a sense of what a, a great guy he was. I I was going through a restaurant like two weeks later and I heard like Goldie and it was like sagging at a table. He waved at me, you know, like he remembered. Nice. Which, yeah, so he's a genuine guy. But the one thing that really touched me was the night, the first night he hosted the show, he brought his parents into the oh, audience. Oh, that's Like great. he just wanted his mom and dad to see him host this talk show. And he was... That's awesome. That wow. it still meant that much to him and that yeah. he included them. And then he was introducing them around. They were really kind people. So, yeah, I, you know, he'll, he'll be missed. And he was definitely, you know, a mensch. And, you know, yes. he was, as you've probably read or heard, he was found dead by himself in a hotel yeah. room and yes a lot of people are portraying this as you know as isn't it very sad, sad. he was yeah. down alone in a hotel room but i would just like to put it out there that i would i think this is the greatest possible death <laughs> anyone could wish for <laughs> i think found dead in a hotel room by yourself Yes, oh that's like, what I want. And and like, what did you say? <laughs> yes, I said so. He died after a night of Toblerone and jerking off. Like, what yes. could be better than that? that yes. that's he, the dream. Yeah, they find you the empty gold triangle next to you, a bottle of Toblerone. lotion with not that much used, and you've just gone out in style because they you know people say oh they they died surrounded by their loved ones which what what sounds worse than your loved ones you're immobilized there's like eight heads staring at you yeah. weeping going like it's time to let go so yeah. it's like i know it's time to let go of course people, it's time to let go the the people you fought with the most in your life hovering yeah. over your bed the people who probably in, the will. in many ways caused you to be in that bed yeah, let's, let's be honest let's now be hovering honest. over that but now you're in a hotel room by yourself like you know you you have it you watch some friends you rub one yeah. you rub two out who knows <laughs> yeah. you used 
ate towels and did, and left them everywhere. You didn't care. Yes, akimbo. Yeah, yes. and then they, you know, someone walks in and finds you. I mean, and the hotel staff, like, we know that 70% of their jobs is just finding dead people. And they're like, people just go to hotels. They just, they just die. And like, if, if, if you ever read, not that my death would be a public thing. If you hear, if, if I die in a hotel, you hear, oh, he died in a hotel by himself. Just pump your fist and know that that was... I want to go because the other I great thing is like happy. you don't have to deal with repacking your shit, which is oh yeah. you know like somehow oh. all the stuff I know How? instantly within twenty minutes the hotel room becomes the same level mess as your house always is because right. you're turning <laughs> yep. into a dysfunctional person. You don't have to. Someone else is going to have to deal with that. Like you don't yes. have to deal with the modern conundrum of do people check out anymore. Oh no, they don't. But I yes, guess they don't. You're right. You always think about it. You always think about it. It's an but issue. But you don't have to when you're... call the front desk and say, "Hey, I'm going to need an extra hour. Is it okay?" And nope. No, True. you're just no. You're just permanently checked just out. Go. Yeah, yeah. And also, he died in in a Ritz Carlton or Four oh. Seasons. So extra oh. great. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. you know, you got the thread count. <laughs> you got everything. You got probably <laughs> all the. All the the options of yeah. porn on the TV available. I mean, I would you, love to see his his room charges. Let's find nice. out what his room charge. If he had, I, if he had, eat, you, uh, you know, ordered in and porn and a couple things out of the mini bar, that's the best night of his month. I, I don't. For sure. I think with the internet, you you can save. Listen, we all. Oh, yeah. you, if yeah. you're gonna die, you can save the twenty five dollars anyway, and just get that's it true. on the internet. But but he you know, he was sixty five. He might not he might not have been a Pornhub guy. It true. might just be uh, <laughs> he might be comfortable with the uh, hotel porn. But you know what would be perfect if you know that how in the closet they have that rack to hold your suitcase. Yeah, they could easily just put a casket on top of that. And if you just feel like you're going to die, just you just crawl into the casket, you close the lid, and you make it a little easier. That's the courtesy to the hotel employees. You just shut the lid on yourself. And then, oh, that's great. Then if they walk in, they don't see you, they check the casket, and then they can just wheel that out, and it's yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, you can, they, they can just knock on it a couple times. So if yeah. you're still alive, you're like, oh, sorry, false alarm, didn't die, was hoping to, didn't. Um, also, he died in Florida. Florida is a fucked up state for sure. But he had a nice warm day. Yeah, it was a yeah. warm day. Some pleasant breezes in the afternoon. Maybe a quick shower. Oh, maybe two you, showers. Two showers. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. just leave, as you said, towels everywhere. I love that. Yeah, just towels. Every towel yeah. gets used. So you know, congratulations to him on a on a great exit, a great life, <laughs> great and a great exit. death. Yeah, great life, great death. Well said. Well said. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. 
It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. And I think uh, he would probably uh, hate doing this next part of the show as much as we hate it. <laughs> but it's time right now to roll into Johnny Jim. I almost forgot again. I just be cued. I was just so obsessively spiraling about my jokes. I know. I forgot. Well, I'm an announcer. Trust as me. Well. I will soften you up with my terrible jokes first, <laughs> and then we will get to your slightly better ones after. Okay. <clears throat> oh boy. Okay. Uh, the Australian Border Force. Yes, that's a real mm. thing. The Australian Border Force is investigating whether tennis superstar Novak Djokovic lied on his vaccination form mm. in order to compete in the Australian Open. JC knows what I'm talking about. I do, yes. Um, at a press conference, a contrite Djokovic stressed that he did not lie. He was de just de joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's I, a, I practiced I pronouncing that for a while. Okay, moving on. <laughs> a NASA spacecraft called the Parker Solar Probe was the first ever man-made vehicle to successfully touch the sun. Yeah, wow. Uh, unfortunately, scientists fear this development could potentially lead to a new song from Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> from that was a little dysfunctional. <laughs> As I said, this was a struggle. Okay, <clears throat> joke number three of four. Uh, now I want to smash your mouth. All <laughs> uh, right, that would be fine by me. Then I wouldn't have to tell these next two jokes. Here we go. Uh, a man in India named. COVID Kapoor. No. <laughs> yes, this is true. Is officially changing his name in light of the global pandemic. Uh, the man hopes his life will be much easier with his new name, Omicron Jones. <laughs> and he's rebounded. Uh, yeah. He took a good setup and made it an okay joke. Like Here a we go. Phoenix who flew into the sun. <laughs> Uh, but inspired a new smash. From his own ashes. Here's a big, a big closer. And Goldie, I think you're going to want to pay attention to this one. Okay. An Alabama couple has created an anti-racist lending library on their street hmm. in an attempt to spread understanding throughout their community. Uh, the tiny bookhouse includes Reparations Now by Ashley Jones, The 1619 Project by Nicole Hannah-Jones, and, of course, John Viner's signed copy of So You're Going Bald by Julius Sharp. I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah. Other Johnny. Okay. Job three quarters done. Uh, yes. All right. Here we go. I'll take the C, by the way. Two Los Angeles police officers were disciplined after they ignored a robbery to play the game Pokemon Go. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, the robber got away, but good news, they actually caught the Pokemon, but then let him off with a warning because he was white. (laughs) (laughs) Too true. Uh, A little political, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, All right. A man in England claims that COVID caused his penis to shrink to half its size. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Scientists claim it isn't COVID's fault. They've both been a little busy lately, and I'm not saying COVID still isn't attractive, but we could both maybe start eating right and working out together. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well delivered, Johnny. (laughs) Made of cough. (laughs) Prince Andrew. Heard of this guy? Mm -mm. Uh, Son of the queen. Prince Andrew. Son of a something. (laughs) Will soon have to go on trial to face charges that he sexually abused a 17-year-old woman he met through Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Uh, The prince is extremely worried, and if the verdict goes the wrong way, he could lose everything he's never worked for. (laughs) 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 Okay, finally... I'm, I'm, this feels like it could be a normie joke, but I'm, I'm going to just do it as Johnny. All right. Well, nah, you know what? I'm going to do it as Norm. Right. Okay, here we go. Audible at the line. <laughs> okay. The conductor of the Seattle Symphony Orchestra suddenly resigned, saying he felt threatened and not safe, leaving the orchestra scrambling for a replacement. Yeah. And uh, the orchestra has asked me as a public service to announce they're seeking applicants who meet the following qualifications. Anyone with two arms who owns a stick. Yes, I love that. Oh, I love getting conductors. It's like basically the guy who presses play on a CD player. It's like you, okay, you so you have it. the best musicians in the world. They, these people who've all studied at Juilliard, and they. They need someone to stand up there and flamboyantly point at them. I don't I buy know. it. I know. JC, you are in music. It's, Is it bullshit? I, I I hate to you know contradict, but I do think it's a very difficult task to conduct. Oh I have I've been put in the situation when I was at Berkeley where I had to do it, and it, I would think with classical music they are actually relying on the conductor to cue and to keep the pace, the tempo and the feel. So mm. there is like that a... still sounds like bullshit. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if the E Street Band doesn't need it, yeah. a lot of better musicians. Yeah, does the no, E Street Band need Seiji Ozawa? Um, oh, by wow. The, they, wor- they worship conductors in Boston, by the way. They do. As you oh, remember. Yeah. They really we had do. the Athafila footbridge going over to the hat shell. <laughs> right. Remember yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Everybody worshipped Arthur Fiedler growing yeah. up. Yeah, and then you get into the real world and you realize no one else cares. Yeah, like, no Ooh. one. No <laughs> one. But by the way, there's one of the best Columbos, if anyone ever wants to find this one, is with John Cassavetes, where he plays a conductor of the L.A. Symphony Orchestra. And they, oh. it's like any movie or TV show that involves a character who's a conductor, they're always incredibly egotistical and yes. self-involved and, and like you think they're the, the most important thing in the world. And is that, a, have you noticed this about conductors? Is yes. that a true thing? Well, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I feel like every story I've ever seen has the same character with the ego yeah. like that. Because I and they have to have long hair so for some reason. Yeah, a guy with long foils. hair. It can't yeah. be that hard. Do you remember? Do you remember those books when we were kids? Uh, 
it would be like a book about juggling and it would come with a mesh bag attached yeah i learned how pretty... to i learned how to juggle from that yes yeah really? they know. had one for conducting that came what? with a baton and the mesh bag so how oh hard God. can it be you just go read this 40 page book large print oh and yes. then take this baton tap yep. it and keep it going oh my God. i remember i learned how to juggle in the living room of my dad's apartment can in westboro i can oh, wow. i can still juggle I can still, you know, I, it, it, it momentarily amuses Levy for like <laughs> like four seconds, and then she's kind of like, eh, that's still kind of lame. I've got to see you do it sometimes. Yeah, I've, ne I've never seen that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can juggle. I could juggle right now. Well, we don't have it. Oh, God damn it. We'll do it on another podcast. So another one podcast. thing before we go on is yeah. people have been emailing in uh, more yeah. than a few people, yeah. and by which I mean five, uh, <laughs> asking... Can we do listener Johnny jokes? Can yeah. can they submit? And uh, it's not something I want to do every week. Yeah, I don't want to comb through them. But if people want to send them in, maybe you know one week we'll read a bunch or a few yeah. if they're good or if they're terrible, especially. Yes. So be yeah. be warned. Like we will make fun of them if they're very bad. I mean, some of ours have been bad, sure. particularly mine. But it's like, it's not easy. Yeah, and we, we and we give each other shit if it's not good. So yeah, right. that's what we'll. I do mean, Smash Mouth. That was I know. a disaster. Disaster. I mean, yeah. that's... Just do three. <laughs> the tragic events of 111. <laughs> Smash mouth joke. <laughs> oh, it's 112. Oh, yeah. it's 112? Oh, God damn it. Well, nobody would have to know Oh, yeah, that. sorry. I called okay, you anyway. <laughs> 11 sounded better because yeah. of 911. Yeah, exactly. We would... If you want to send us uh, Johnny jokes, we will definitely look at them. And uh, if they make us laugh, you know, who knows? We we might read them one day if we're incredibly desperate. But we appreciate that you even want to do yeah, that because so cool. you hear how much this is killing us and you want to lighten our <laughs> yeah. load. Um, so that's I, nice. You know, the 10 minutes before this podcast scrambled and wrote two jokes. I mean, wow. it's, it is just because my mind needs that. Adrenaline. adrenaline of yeah. like Have if you do don't it. do this now you're gonna be publicly embarrassed in a week when we release this it'll be a time bomb of embarrassment <laughs> that you know is gonna go off and up to 1600 people might be mad at you. um and also to to touch on because uh, we did read a few emails last week and they were very nice thank yeah. you again for sending those in uh i can't remember everybody's name bridget wiley sent one in and that was very exciting uh, for us yeah. in the business. But we there was one from a guy, uh, Frank Townsend, who I went to high school with, who yeah. I, uh, you know, picked on, even right. though he could have destroyed me physically. And he was such a nice guy. And we talked a little bit about him. And, uh, you know, I described his haircut, which is the popular <laughs> Russian haircut with yeah. the segmented bangs that we all found so amusing. Here's the punchline to all that. I confused him with a different Frank. No way. <laughs> there was another Frank. No. It, there was another Frank in our high school named Frank Castellucci, who was the one with the Russian haircut and was great at hockey. Frank Townsend, I believe, had a little more of like a kind of a, a, mullet? a mullet, like a, a, a mini mullet. It wasn't like a full on so mullet. But I, it was funny because I emailed back and forth with him afterwards saying like, oh, we got your email. We actually we're going to read. You should listen to the show. And it was so nice and so sorry and blah, blah, blah. 
And then after the show, he's like, you confuse me with a different Frank. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so Frank Townsend, my apologies. This is going to end with him just murdering you. I know. I'm in the same state as him now. This we're in the fucking same state. guy. From the time I've been 12 years old, and now we're almost 50, and he just won't let it go for some reason. I've done nothing to him. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Frank, you have my apologies. Uh, Oh, later. and we know how much that means. And he yeah. definitely is thinking you, Frank, and not a third Frank that we're about to discover next week. <laughs> it's time we had no, a No, that was discussion. Fran. <laughs> Fran. That was Fran K. Um, yeah, no, uh, so I, I messed that up. But but by the Malcolm Gladwell uh, rule of 10,000 hours doing anything and you're an expert, I am now an expert at apologizing. Oh, so wow. Frank, oh, Frank. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, God, I never... If you knew the sleepless nights I've had thinking about this. Who would accept this apology? (laughs) No one. No one. I'm just good at spitting them out, I guess. Yeah, so keep sending the emails to uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. We love reading them, whatever they are. Criticisms, praise, jokes, anything. We love it all. We love it all. You know, it's funny, Goldie, there were just to not quite leave Johnny jokes for a second. I was going to propose that we could do it in a future episode, like that we do gag rooms post Johnny jokes for a couple of premises that I couldn't think of a joke for. <laughs> sure. There was there was one this week where a dispensary in Norwood, Massachusetts, created the largest ever pot brownie, 850 pounds. Uh, <laughs> it just seemed like that was ripe for a joke. And uh, uh, I, I could they've not... They've forgotten where they put it. <laughs> you, know, if you see an 850-pound <laughs> pot right, brownie. Right out of the gates. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you read that story about the, the guy who uh, got the uh, first ever genetically modified pig heart I had plant. a few things that yeah. he was, he do, you know, the patient's doing well he's comfortably resting in his own filth yeah that's uh, nice it was okay you know yeah. his, he's safely home and his family has turned the heat up to 100 so they can smell bacon I, but they, they just weren't yeah. like quite yeah, I, there i kept i kept trying to jam in like sadly he passed away his last words were biddy 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 that's all folks but he but he yeah, didn't that's die okay I, but he didn't die there was yeah no he didn't die oh. and then there were, i had i was working on one that was like you know, he had gotten to need a new heart by eating too many fatty foods. And now, you know, he'll have to adhere to a strict vegan diet. So, but he's found that when it comes to uh, pigs, if you can't eat them, join them. Like yeah. it somehow was like so convoluted that it, it I, I can't picture that. Like in my mind, I try to picture myself saying it to an audience and I try to picture the reaction. And it's like, what what audience would would follow me on that journey and be yeah. happy about know. it. You know, they'd be know. pleased where it's then like at the last minute, I had that Prince Andrew one where it's like, very good, you know, the nothing he's ever worked for or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, that I, you get right away what that is. Yeah. I, yeah. I the pig that. heart should be funny. And also like, what I was concerned about was I would do the joke and in the interim he would die and make national news. And then it was like, that asshole was just making fun of the guy who was a hero. He was, he was a, a hero. hero. He was <laughs> the, the astronaut of hearts. I was going to say the first man into space of big hearts. Uh, by the way, I, I hear the plaintiff in that Prince Andrew case was royally screwed. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Well, if Let's... she loses the case, she'll be royally screwed for a second time. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. So now we can leave Johnny jokes in the rearview mirror for another blissful day or two. And uh, head to our theme today. And our theme today was it was kind of an interesting one to think about. Uh, Goldie and I discussed um, a little bit. What would we be doing if we weren't writers? So a lot of the Plinko chips fell into place for us to, to be writers, to, to even make a living being a writer, which we complain about nonstop. But the, the fact is, I'm sure we're better off doing this than almost anything else. So today we want to talk about what are some of the other things we might have done? What are our possible pasts had we not become writers? Um, and, well, one yeah. of the reasons I wanted to do this as well is because when I'm sort of asked by younger people, people come to this and they wonder if they should do this and what it's going to take. And they're weighing it against what they would potentially be missing or what would happen with their lives if they don't do it or how will they feel if this doesn't work out. And I, I just had a, a cousin call me about this. You know, he's my cousin's kid who's like 16 and wanted to know. And, and so I thought yeah. maybe it would be interesting to, you know, just dive into it and yeah. uh, see if our lives turned out better or worse. Yeah. So, Goldie, why don't why don't you start and talk about a couple of the things you might have done? And and then I think you had a funny idea of like we could kind of say what we think the other one would have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which I so think. I had been an Englishman when I was coming out of college and I hadn't had the guts to do stand up yet. Here were the things I was trying to do was I had applied for a fellowship to sort of teach of and live at Milton Academy. Oh, that's a great school. Okay. I didn't get the fellowship. Okay. Oh. But had I gotten that fellowship and it was something like a $12,000 stipend and you would teach English to high school kids. Okay. But as and, you said, they put they put you up and they give you food and room and yes. board basically. Yeah. yeah. And you're living there. I think the best possible scenario would have been that I was in my mind anyway, like a Robin Williams type yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. English teacher <laughs> no at, way. at some kind of prep school. And I was coaching cross country. And, yeah. but the, the sort of flaw in the plan was two flaws. Well, a, I wasn't that good at the English part. Like I was able to get good grades in the English department in college, but kind of anyone can do that. Who's yeah. shrewd enough to play the system, but that doesn't mean, you're actually a good scholar, which I was not. Right. And B, what I think I would have confronted around age 27, 28, was I really didn't care that much. Right. I don't yeah. have a passion for Shakespeare. Like I was capable of, when I had a good professor, being inspired by his words and thinking that it was cool. But if I'm now, you know, as I'm 49, picturing like reading Hamlet again, and kind of going, how am I going to teach these young people who are on TikTok, which didn't exist then? Like, yeah, you know, Hamlet was the first TikTok. When he puts on that dumb show, that really is like a YouTube video that he's streaming to everyone to show them he knows what's. It's like I, I, I just, I cannot picture myself not having blown my brains out. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one scenario. Sure. Scenario two. Yes. So 
having been rejected from that fellowship, I had also applied, I had taken four years of Japanese in college and I was the last Caucasian left in the Standing. program. Yeah. Uh, so my teachers were so kind to me. And I think it was because they were sort of touched in a way that I cared enough about their culture to stick yeah. with this extremely difficult program in spite of the fact that I was flailing miserably and had really fallen vastly behind everyone else. Like I, right. my skills were not up to par. So one of my teachers so generously had arranged an interview with me uh, for me with the Japanese consulate where I would go and study for the year at Tokyo Buritsu Daigaku, which was like a wow. regional Tokyo university. So in my mind, I was like, maybe I'll go to Japan and teach English. Wow. So I go to the interview and, you know, my Japanese is decent at that point, but not great. But I'm, I'm able to navigate the interview. And it's in the World Trade Center, by the way. Oh, wow. So this was in, you know, I think like March of my senior year of college. So I go to the interview and they meet me. And what, what I don't know and what I haven't been educated in, which if you read Phil Knight's Shoe Dog, is that the Japanese way of conducting business is to keep meeting and meeting and meeting until the last possible moment and then to make their decision. But I don't know that. Right. Okay. So they say, come back in two weeks and we'll interview you again. I'm like, okay. So I go back and I interview again. It's all pleasant. And it seems like I'm going to get it, but then no one says anything. They say, can you come back two weeks and meet again? So I, I go down a third time and I meet, and the, the meetings are very repetitive, but I, you know, I'm whatever, I'm 21 or 22. I don't know. Yeah. And so then we're now coming up on I'm graduating and I've I've planned a bicycle trip after I've graduated where I'm going away for two months or whatever. I'm not going to be yeah. in New York City. And they say, can you come back in two weeks and interview? And I, and I say, I'm so sorry. I've <laughs> planned the trip. Yeah. I can't come back and interview again. And then it was like <laughs> over. Oh, so God. There's some scenario where I bet I go to Japan and like maybe i meet someone over there and maybe i'm just like an american living in japan the rest of my life that yeah. would be i mean, that could be a great life for you I mean, and i kind of think that would have been really good for me yeah yeah oh my god that would have been cool i thought you were gonna say like and they call me back for a fourth interview and i go down to the world trade centers and they're not there <laughs> <laughs> no but Son i do a... <laughs> wonder occasionally you know yeah. Yeah. Did About they, those. Yeah. Did they those nice them? gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and not not enough to Google them. I don't remember their names. <laughs> okay. Uh, there you it go. was a long time ago. <laughs> well, just so Google. The, but Google the third nice scenario gentlemen. is like at you know when I met you and I was doing comedy and I was doing a kind of series of crappy temp jobs and yeah some like low level IT like I was studying to take my Microsoft Windows NT certification. And I could see where I stayed in New York. This is a miserable, miserable outcome. I stayed okay. in New York and I kind of kept going with these different companies, none of which ever went anywhere. And I, but I'd locked in on enough of a rent control deal that I've become one of these older New Yorkers who's oh. always carrying five <laughs> plastic bags everywhere. The worst. And I have some like media consulting job that changes all the time. And I go from, thing to thing and I'm able to economize by like you know buying two dozen bagels at once and defrosting one every day and <laughs> yep. just 
kind of becoming a weird hermit and maybe i've even met someone else who's a weird hermit and but yeah, we never would. live together because they have a deal on their apartment right. and we're just one of these like couples that you see in new york totally. that's just all about getting like one eighth of a pound of jarlsberg at zabar <laughs> and an eighth of a pound of this and scrimping away uh. as our spines become increasingly <laughs> curved and s-shaped yep and we sort of eat Sitting sort on of. fountains and then just kind of die. <laughs> oh, sitting on fountains. Oh, my God. You've described, well, first of all, for, you know, New York, I think, is, you know, hot take, the best city in the world. But <laughs> when you're young or when if you're you have young, money. Yeah, exactly you're right. Well. If you're in the, the first half of your 20s and have no money, New York is fa still fantastic. But then the only time it gets good again is when you're in your 50s and you're a millionaire. Like that's yes. that you can't really anything in between or is a if grind. you go for a weekend and you have, say, two thousand dollars. Yeah, well, that's like you just go and you go. I'm going in. I'm going out. I'm spending yes. two grand. Oh, yep, it's a great place. It's a great place. When I started at Columbia, there was this old lady named Miss D, who you know, look whatever your picture Muppet like person yeah. you're picturing, <laughs> that run with that. That's what it was. Yeah. Who would go through campus just taping flyers to post. This is how long ago it was. It was like she was. <laughs> Miss D will type your paper, right? Like it was, yeah. Right. It was. She was a typist who would type your paper up for you. Wow. But the people she had claimed to type for, and like it was like, I've typed for Woody Allen was one of them, and then oh, wow. the other one that just always sticks in my mind is so funny. I've typed for the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Their oh, gotta get release. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did Marcus Allen's contract. Yeah. She wrote that Daryl LaMonica press release. Lyle oh, Alzado's release form. She was doing 80 words a minute. <laughs> but anyway, so why don't you go about what you think you'd be doing? Oh, well, I, I mean, for sure, I had a couple thoughts on this. Like, I always thought advertising oh, uh, wow. because it's sort of a version of writing. Let, yeah. let, you know, you're writing in, in shorter clips, which is nice for a writer. You don't want to write long things. You write <laughs> short things. And I always had like that, Goldie, as you know well, that sort of brain disease of like punning and yes. wordplay yeah. and all that shit. So, you know, I felt like, I, you know, you want to write an X-Lax campaign? God, I'm the guy to come to, <laughs> you know, like so it, it I felt like advertising would be one way for me. And that way you could also live kind of a comfortable ish life yeah, wherever you stable. are. And I'd, I'd always sort of pictured New York. Another uh, version for me is and it's sort of close to that was my uncle had this sports media company in New York called National Media Group cool. for years. And I used to intern there in the summers. And what they did is they just like coordinated events around the country in conjunction with like the NBA or the NHL. So I don't know, Goldie, if you remember the thing from our youth, the Schick Super Hoops, Schick Razors. Sure. They used to go around the country and they'd have three on three tournaments and there'd be, you know, some local NBA player would show up and cut a ribbon and then Friday. they'd like be saturday sunday yeah yeah so i'm basically advertising and my uncle's sports marketing company i i my my cousin teddy who is my uncle's son a really great guy he is an executive at the nba and he's been there for 15 years like 
that's I would love something wow. like that. So yeah. you know, and and you brought up the the teaching thing. I'm not the student that probably either of you were. Certainly not Goldie. But I had an English teacher in my high school who was just the best teacher I've ever had. The only teacher who really got me excited about learning. And she was an English teacher. It was great. She taught a course in Dante. And I was just so into it. So I always had this sort of outside dream that, like, I would go back to my high school, which is Middlesex, and teach English there like she did because she was so awesome. And I oh, wow. would, as you said, like the Robin Williams delusion. Of, like, <laughs> my students are, are ready to follow me to the gates of hell, <laughs> literally with Dante. But uh, just not to sidetrack it, but that all got washed away. My fucking high school just shot itself in the foot this year. So oh, no. I went to this school called Middlesex. It's a beautiful prep school. It's probably one of the most physically beautiful school campuses you'll ever see. Easy, you're uh, married. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a fucking hot school. I can't take it. School has the best rack of any school. Um, but so anyway, uh, I I always dreamed about like going back there because I enjoyed myself so much there, clearly picking on Frank Townsend. Um, so my school this year... They had, and I brought her up in one of the jokes, this woman who wrote uh, the 1619 Project. Her name is Nicole Hannah-Jones. The The book has won, like, every kind of award. It's about the, you know, the history of slavery in, in our country and, and kind of all around the globe. So our school booked her as a guest speaker for uh, Black History Month coming up next month. Yeah. Suddenly, like, people... You know, big money donors, Uh you know, in the world found out about this and the school pulled the plug on her, said sorry. And their release was like, we just don't want to have that kind of noise surrounding the school right now. So, you know, it's just shameful. And instantly the students like protested, like walked out of class. Good for them. And the headmaster stepped down for a time and then eventually he gone. He was, he, he, yeah, he gone, which is a good thing, but it just turned into a whole mess where now, like, if you even read about or Google the school, this is the first thing that comes up as it should, but it's just like, nothing, nothing can stay like pristine anymore. So they fucked that up. So you're not getting this terrible English teacher, Middlesex. (laughs) you, You dodged a bullet maybe with that one. But yeah, those are the things that I think about when I think about like, if I wasn't a writer. And how does weed use factor into your life in these? Oh, always. I mean, in advertising, you kidding me? You gotta, you gotta put on, you gotta put on a green jacket before you start (laughs) thinking up those uh, snappy Alpo jingles. Um, And I think as an English teacher, I mean, sure. What's that smell wafting out of uh, Mister Sulkin's apartment? Um, Yeah, I, I think. I think it would probably still be there because I mean, listen, I, I, I have no choice. I'm a I'm a weed addict, yeah. as you like to point out. <laughs> I have two puffs a day. This addict. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the things that uh, I think about doing. But what Goldie? What did you think I would be doing? What what embarrassing okay. thing? So here, I've I've kind of gone through this a little bit in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I think in one scenario, because you're such a people pleasy guy. You marry very young and you just stay in it, even though it's not working out of just guilt. <laughs> and so you you just all, something's always wrong with you, but no one ever knows what it is. <laughs> That's and, kind of the way it is now. <laughs> yeah. And that you and you just I'm glad you brought up your your fancy prep school, because yeah. part of me is that 
this whole little like Jewish prep school network takes care of you and places <laughs> you in a position, an executive position somewhere at like a fleet bank or yeah. your uncle's firm. <laughs> and you're just okay, kind of yep. coasting, inheriting, yeah, bouncing around, um, never uh-huh. happy. And then at like 55, just total, they find like a 90 pound tumor in your stomach. No, and you're just, I, like <laughs> I don't like it. I thought you were going to say at 55, they find you dead and happy in an Orlando four seasons. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I don't get that kind of death. So I well, think this, I think this job has given you a level of self-determination that I have a hard time picturing you getting other but that, there's the flip You're scenario right. which is like in spite of all the weed use and such and your self-professed laziness you actually are on time for everything when there is something to do mm. so i could see you getting some kind of job and if you're, you're very good at pleasing sort of like rich people yeah so i could see you hooking up in some kind of corporate thing or CEO, or as you mentioned, like the NBA, like I could see you being a deputy something of something. Ooh. Yes. You know, and and always, you know, wearing the Nantucket red pants at the right time and, <laughs> and quipping to the boss in a way that allows yeah. you to be kind of bulletproof and, and just sort of... Right sort of unctuously keeping your position <laughs> with backstabbing and and like oh, backroom things and, and maybe you even worse. like play some golf and so like you yeah. can do it on the course like you're not doing it in the office yeah. but you're doing it at the restaurant after the yes. office yes. and oh, yep. meetings are on and the golf people course. think you're too nice a guy yeah. to can you so you're able to stick on until like <laughs> People no longer regard your your boss loses power, and then no yes. one can help you. Right, and then you're in a progressively a series of progressively worse residences as you're forced to sell the big house and live <laughs> off going. the proceeds of that. And oh the summer God. house goes, the trappings go away, and then eventually you're back in your childhood home oh, wow. <laughs> with the Star Wars wallpaper. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And by the way, let's keep Seth healthy because you know that that whole scenario can still unfold. It, but so Goldie, now I'm 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 embarrassed because or maybe you should be embarrassed because when I thought about you, you know what I thought about? It's very no. short. Doctor. Oh. No, there's no Doctor. way. That's that I because I I could not hack the math and science. Yes, and you could. I, I like if you could just become a doctor. By saying like, look, I'll I'll study the doctor part. Just let me do the personality part. Let me like deal with the patient and sort of like, and then the real doctor could set like if they had that sort of, you know, how if you go to a, an auto dealership or something like that, someone sells you the car and then they're like, go in with a finance guy and they'll they'll hammer it out. Like it's like, yeah, I go, I'm just gonna, you know, tell me what's wrong with you and I'll, and then we'll we'll send you the real doctor. Right. Well, I don't think you have enough faith in yourself. I think you could be a great doctor. I also thought for you. um I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like you could be a play-by-play guy for cool. MLB, but I also think you'd be a great color commentator, but they don't really have color commentators who didn't play themselves. Yeah. Oh. So that's a stumbling block. But I think you would be very good as like a sports announcer. And I think if sports, and it may go this way in the next 20 years or so, because sports are just like losing fan bases on traditional network television. Mm-hmm. If they had a comedy sports broadcast for NFL games or, or MLB games, like you would be 
probably the best at that. They've tried that and never cracked that. That's something that if, but if they someone will. out there is like looking to make a lot of money, if you can crack the sports comedy nut, yeah, they've been wanting to do a daily show of sports since 1996. I, but I think honestly, with like this barstool generation that's now True. of of spending age. Like, I think they're going to want a bigger merge of comedy and sports. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 10 years, even even the NFL is usually the last to do it, but certainly like MLB because they're hemorrhaging fans. Yeah. Like if they don't try something with like, a, you know, you, there's a simulcast on Comedy Central or a Barstool network that, you know, they're just announcing games. I think, you, I think you'd be fantastic at that. People don't want to sit for four hours and watch a baseball game. <laughs> well, at least they're hearing the year anymore. At least they're hearing <laughs> jokes. Um, so, yes. So Goldie had a very long slam for me, and I just had a couple of compliments for him. Well, That's well, the way JC, our if, if you had uh, not done sort of sound and music if you were not an entertainment yeah thing. yeah what do you um, think what, what are you doing i think um i, I ballerina be, no no <laughs> i'd be a therapist oh, oh yeah you're good at yeah, that yeah you'd be good very positive vibe <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah because i mean i even i study like systemic psychology and you know i Ooh. do that just for fun Nice. Well, you'll have to give us a breakdown of our personalities at some point. Okay. And, and JC would be like the therapist that I would choose, and, and my wife would be like, oh, she, huh? What does she look like? It doesn't matter what she looks like. I enjoy talking to her. All right? <laughs> there would definitely be three years in. It's like, I just feel like when I talk to you, this is how I wish my wife and I talked. Like, you would just be putting out all this coded yeah. stuff that could never be exactly traced back if read in a courtroom, but that we all know what it means. Means. Yeah, especially the therapist <laughs> would know what that means. Uh, I think that's a that's a noble pursuit, JC. Of course, yeah. So, you know, if this now I want to say therapist. Out. I'm saying therapist for myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Good. Yeah, that I would be a therapist too. <laughs> well, you could you could be the Robin Williams therapist <laughs> instead oh, of the Robin wow. Williams teacher. Yes. <laughs> that's a good way to go. You never thought about that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, you know what? We don't need to daydream for much longer about no. what we would have done. The fact is we're miserable writers. Here we are. <laughs> we're all in entertainment. The three of us are in entertainment. We're stuck in it. We got to live Our with it. fantasy is dying in a hotel room. <laughs> I know. That's all you need yeah. to know. Yeah, it's like we're we're now clearly on the back nine of life. And here we are. Back we're nine. doing this. Yeah. I'm on like... The 17th hole asking if I can hit one more ball. <laughs> no, Goldie, I'd say you're, you're in the rough on the 14th fairway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on uh, to this week's top five list. Now, again, we've started a new thing, and hopefully you, the listeners, have got your lists handy. Let's give them a minute to, to, to pull their cars over and take out their lists so they can compare <laughs> them to ours. So we announced this last week. Our top five uh, this week is, first of all, well, let's hear the top five theme. Top five. I could see JC's face like, we got to play this thing we sing, <laughs> oh which is God, so beautiful. <laughs> yes, we love the top five theme, and we sang that. Um, all right, so our top five this week are top five sporting events we wish we'd attended. So we're all sports fans here, and these are five sporting events that we wish we'd, we'd been at for one reason or another. Would anyone like to go first? I'll go first. I kind of want to, this is so different. Yeah, I'll just go. Yeah, go ahead. It was, go ahead, JC. So, okay, so my number five um, was the Miracle on Ice. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Great, great choice. Yes, that's, that speaks the, for itself. The, well, the, but the crowd there also. Like, I, you know, when you see electric crowds, that's yes. very, that was the definition of an electric crowd. Yes. And also the, the very early 80s clothes yes. up in the, the Lake yeah. Placid area. Yeah. Were, I mean, it would have been nice to have Al Michaels in my ear, you know, if I had yeah. a little earpiece, but, you know. Yep. Um, number four, Michael Jordan, The Shot. Mm. Oh, the one against the Jazz? No, the one against Cleveland. Um, it oh, was like a, the, yeah, it was playoff. Like, yes. Yeah, Elo. They're both Craig, yes. Over fouls. Craig Elo. Yes, yes. That was they, so they great. That's the one offensive where he, fouls. He, he lands in the ground and he's pumping his fist, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sent everybody home. He said in the documentary, he said, like, go the fuck home or something. Yes. Yeah. Get the fuck uh, out of here. Oh, Love you know, that. in the last dance when he, he said he was poisoned before that Utah mm-hmm. game, like they poisoned yes. his food. I just like to point out. The night before a game, it's at 3 a.m. And he's like, and I ate a whole pizza and I was smoking cigars and then I was sick. And it's like, no one poison your food. You're not supposed to eat a whole pizza and smoke cigars at like 4 a.m. before a basketball game, you idiot. No one poisoned you. You're like 35 and you ate a huge pizza. Anyway, go ahead. That's great. Number three is uh, 2002 when Serena beat Venus um, in the Wimbledon final. Mm. All right, so you're a big tennis fan. Yeah, you love I really that it stuff. Took every... I, I love Serena too. Me too. I love them both, but yes, I love yeah. Serena. I gen- genuinely had five tennis ones, so I had to. This was. Yeah, I had... I'm sure. Yeah. So by by the way, Serena, I think is the my physical opposite on earth. <laughs> yes, like she, then I am so attracted to her before that quality. Right. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> She's the anti me. Uh, number two, the 1988 slam dunk contest oh. again jordan um yes. against uh, dominique yeah dominique that was a great one dominique yeah. kind of got robbed in that but i, I mean everybody loves jordan but yeah. dominique was a, a, a freak yeah the human was... highlight film by the way i was at the 1989 slam dunk you contest were? won by wow. kenny kenny skywalker of the new york <laughs> knicks uh not quite as glamorous <laughs> right it never lived yeah. up to it he did no. a 360 i remember that oh, yeah yeah he cupped cool. he couldn't palm the ball so every ball was cupped in his oh, uh, wrist I, feel like I remember that okay and then number one tennis highlight when andy murray won wimbledon in 2013 beating uh djokovic after yeah. losing the year before to federer then beating Federer in the Olympics on the same court in nice. London. You and love Andy Murray. I just, he's the greatest. Go on then, Andy. Yes. I, I, <laughs> and every time I thought of these memories, I don't know if this is the same for you guys, but sports, I, they make me cry. So every yes, just reading just started oh. crying. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. I love sports. Okay, that's anyway, nice. I'm um, all right, I'll go. Goldie, you can, you can close the show. Number five was the um, New York Giants-Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. And here's the reason. Whitney Houston's national anthem <gasps> might be the oh, single greatest vocal performance of all time. Yeah, I got Danny, goosebumps Danny, just thinking yep. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Smith's got goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, I, I occasionally, and I would say maybe one and a half times a year, will just go on YouTube and watch her sing that anthem because I think wow. it's it's yeah. so unbelievable. Uh, and it was a really great game, too. That was the Scott Norwood uh, wide right game. Um, number four, Goldie, Flutie to Phelan. The Flutie <laughs> game, the miracle in Miami. So Doug Flutie, what what an amazing game. And that throw, that's another highlight that I will watch. 
Doug Flutie with no time on the clock hitting his receiver in Miami. It was just a battle of titans. It was a great game. Uh, I wish I was there, even though it was raining the whole time. JC, here's one for you. Jimmy Connors versus Paul Harhus. Oh, you remember that? No. That was the game. It has, I think, the single greatest point in tennis history. So this was in that miracle run that Connors had when he was older. It was like in 19, I want to say 90 or something like that. 91, maybe. And Connors, at the age of 36, when he was so (laughs) old... um, yeah, and but he was old compared to like the stars of the day, Jim Courier, Sam yeah. Agassi, those didn't guys. He, didn't he still use like that kind of metal small. racket? <laughs> yeah. He had a very small head on yeah. his racket. I remember yeah. that. So Connors, for some reason, catches fire at the U.S. Open, which is the greatest place for an American oh, tennis player to catch fire. And he's make yes. Okay. So that was and he played Paul Harhus, and there were in the I want to say the quarterfinal. And it was at night, and everybody already knew at that time, holy shit, Connors has made it this far. They're rooting for him. He kept losing the first sets of, like, every match and then would have to come back, and everybody was just going apeshit. So he's playing Harhus. He loses the first set. He's down in the second set. And there's one point where he's down a break. Harhus is going to, you know, close to closing out the second set. And Harhus hits a slam. You know, Connors lobs it up. Harhus hits a slam. Connors somehow digs it out. Crowd, oh, Harhus hits another slam. He digs out another. Oh, he digs out like four slams in a row, somehow manages to turn it back into a rally and then hits a running backhanded winner down the line and literally thrusts his cock in the face of the people in the front row. Like if you watch it on YouTube, he's thrusting his hips right at the people in the front row and they're they're just loving it. Everybody's screaming. I think it's the best tennis point I've ever seen. We actually used that clip on yes. Family Guy a couple of years ago, which was very exciting. Yes. Number two for me. Secretariat winning the Triple Crown at the Belmont. Who cares? Oh, God. I love that so much. I love dominance. So, like, I love, like, I loved early Mike Tyson. And, and, you know, I didn't, I would, I was pissed off when he lost. Like, I love watching people be, like, Jordan dominance in sports I love. So, Secretariat had won the first two legs, the Derby and the Preakness, then goes to the Belmont in New York with a chance to win the Triple Crown and won by over 40 lengths, which was insane, smashed the track record. And there's a point halfway through the race when there's such separation, like he's pulling away, pulling away, pulling away. And the announcer says this thing, which I always think about, where he says, Secretariat is now moving like a tremendous machine. <laughs> and whenever I watch like the Beatles, like in, in the, the Get Back documentary, or say like the 86 Celtics, I always think about that quote. Like things work sometimes just like a tremendous machine. And Secretariat, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I wish I'd been. Yes. Do you get excited when you see a really fast ant? <laughs> Shut up. There are no, there's no ant tri- triple crown derby or whatever the fuck. Triple crown. Now you've got me all fucked up. Uh, ant. Look at that ant go. Wow. Like a tremendous machine. Look at that all right, cat now, scurry. I, I, may, I maybe should have gone last because this number one is, it requires some explanation. And I will tell you now, I'm going to make myself completely vulnerable and I'm, I'm telling something on here that I have not shared with anyone. So the number one on the list of sporting events that I wish that I had attended 
was the Pats Super Bowl where they came back from 28-3 to beat the Falcons. And here's why that's revelatory. Because I did attend that game, oh. and I left at halftime. <laughs> because they were losing 21 to 3. I was fucking beside myself, and I said, fuck this. And it, was, it happened in Houston. And I left, and I'm walking out of the stadium angry. And, and you know, it's leaving. No one was really leaving because they're not a fucking fair weather idiot like me. And as I'm leaving, the only person on the ramp right outside the gate was NFL Hall of Famer Mike Singletary, who was famous for his wide eyes, crazy eyes in the field. So I was literally being watched by the eyes of Mike Singletary as I left this game. And I, I sadly walked back to my hotel and the only reason that I even turned the game on again is because I heard different hotel rooms along the way just like going, Wah! and I'm like, holy shit, is this still a fucking game? And I turned it on. And of course, then they won. And I had to like come back to civilization and be like, oh, it's a great game. Oh, my God. What a game. Wow. Boy, did we ever do it? We sure did. And the funny thing was I was in the Fox box, the, you know, the Fox. They, they got they were nice enough to give me tickets to that. Yeah. And uh there were a couple of other executives from other shows there. And, you know, they were from Boston or whatever. And I, I sort of sat next to a couple of them. And then I just ghosted and was yeah. gone. Yeah. And so I was at a Fox event a couple of years later. And, you know, somebody was introduced. The guys was like, didn't you leave that Super Bowl? And oh, like, no. I, couldn't, I couldn't even, because he was there. And I was like, I couldn't even bear. I was like, oh, no, I just, I switched seats. I had to change the energy. I had to change the energy. So I couldn't oh, even own God. it in that moment. But I'm owning it to you too. And the loyal listeners right now. So that's my list. You're so. like the anti Jim Valvano. Oh, yeah. Always give up. Give up. <laughs> always give up. Always <laughs> give up. Always give up. Oh, All right, Goldie, go ahead. All right. Uh, here's my list. Number five, the battle of the sexes, Bobby Riggs oh. and Billy Jean King. Awesome. Would have loved to have gone with Brother. my wife. Given her the business, fought the entire time, lost, pouted, and then come crawling back two days later apologizing. It would have been a fun time. Oh, God. Uh, good choice, good choice. Number four, a pitcher named Doc Ellis once threw a no-hitter yes. while on LSD. What? Yes. Oh, wow. I would have loved yeah. to have been at that game. <laughs> Didn't he have like 11 hit, hit batsmen or something? It was like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But to be at that game, maybe, you know, on yeah. something myself. Yeah. There's a great just, mini documentary about that. Yes. And just yeah. commune with him. Uh, yeah. Number three, and partially because it was just so quick and so great, the Mike Tyson, Michael Spinks fight. <laughs> because Spinks was so venerated, like people really thought, oh, he's going to challenge Tyson and just got demolished obliterated yeah it's like you sit down you're there for a minute and a half you leave it's a good guy some guy falls through the ropes and it's over (laughs) uh number two jc covered which was the miracle on ice nice and then number one i i just can't believe you don't have this in there you ought to be ashamed of yourself Uh dave roberts no what well the 2004 game seven against the Yankees where we just killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, and it just broke the curse and the Johnny Damon grand slam like it was over so quickly. It would have been just three straight orgasmic hours of <laughs> celebrating the death of our enemies. I know that would you're right. That's a very good choice. And I'll tell you one reason I'm glad I wasn't there was because I was so 
into that rivalry at that point, I would have been such an obnoxious fan. I would have gotten the shit kicked out of me because I would have said a lot of shit at that game. If we were winning, what, what did we win? 11 well, we were winning, so you wouldn't have left. So yeah, you, you probably would have gotten the shit kicked <laughs> All right, out of me. I mean, if we had been thrown. down by two runs, then you would have gone home. I think you would have been safe. <laughs> if, you were, if you remember in the first inning of that game, Damon was thrown out at home plate, like trying yeah. to stretch. Like, stretch. I, that's when I would have left. Oh, first fuck inning. this. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, um, and here we go. And first pitch a strike. Ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Enough of this shit. I know I spent $1,800 on this one ticket, um, but I'm out of here. Uh, all right, those are great top five lists. Yes. I think all of them. It just, oh, you're right, so JC. the topic for next week, because now we're yes. releasing the topic. Here we go. It's yes. I'm, just, I'm just casting a wide net. Easy breezy, man. Top five beverages. Ooh, oh, wow. wow okay. That's good. A lot wow, to think wow, about wow, there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A couple are leaping to mind, but that's Do good. Do with it what you will. Great. Wow. That's Super good. I, I, I are, my number one is already in place seconds after you said it. Okay. Wow. That was very fun for top five. And yeah. now we're going to close the show the way we always do with a high note. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Gamble. <laughs> For that slightly too long high note, which always makes us laugh. All right, I'll, my high, my high note's very fast and mockable, so I'll get it out of the way. Um, new season of The Bachelor's on, and it's great. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that Clayton Clayton is the new Bachelor. He's a he's a former NFL tight end. Uh, they, the Bachelor's coming off a couple rough seasons where it's just been boring as shit. My wife and I always watch it together. We really enjoy it uh, until the last couple of years when we haven't. And we're like, all right, we'll give it one more chance. It's already awesomely off the rails. Uh, so <laughs> we're only two episodes in. If you guys want to jump on, you'll totally understand what's happening. Very fun. Bachelor, ABC, we work for Disney. Full disclosure. <laughs> okay. All right. Next. Uh, Goldie, do you want to go or do you want to go? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my high note is dedicated to a couple that is very good friends of Stu and I, Mark Juliana and Gretchen Parlato. They both recently have music that they just released that are just both absolutely brilliant. He came out with a song called Investigating Consciousness, absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. And Gretchen's album is called Floor, F-L-O-R, and it was just nominated for a Grammy. Ooh. So please check them out. Nice. They're totally worth it. They're absolutely brilliant musicians and beautiful people. Does she know floor was misspelled? <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody of, uh, should Brazilian tell her. music. Okay, yeah. <laughs> got her, got her. So my right. high note: we're we're coming off this break from work, break from school, and I just want to give it up for the people who are the teachers coming back, the people who are doing the right thing, putting the mask on. Take your stupid medicines, which none of us really want to take, but we know we should take it. I don't like getting shots. I don't love things. I don't I don't know what's in this. But the people who are doing the right thing and are making the world keep move. My kids are yes. in school. They're in a couple lessons. Yeah. And I just want to thank the pe- all the people who make that possible, the people who make our work possible to keep going. That's that like beautiful. Most people right. are doing the right thing in spite of how crappy everything feels. And this is our world war, and we're doing our duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. six out of ten are doing it. <laughs> um, but but you're you're right. That is a, a very worthy high note. All right, we've made it to the end of another fantastic episode, yeah. if I do say so myself. 
Um, I want to thank you all for listening. And again, if you want to send us any emails, it's uh, typicaldisgustingdisplay at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you two for being awesome. And we will talk to you again next week. Yeah.